deep in the hearts of the Welsh valleys, a young man had dis- a deceptively young and unfathomably handsome man had decided that it was his destiny to become the greatest dog agility handler the world had ever seen. So he set about learning his craft. His front crosses were crisper than a dry December morning in the Brecon Mountains. His ketchkas were slicker than a boiled pigeon in a rubber tube sock. The intensity, accuracy and speed and natural flamboyance he brought far surpassed anything the sport had ever seen and would ever likely see again. The time was approaching where he would be ready to shine on the world stage and begin his legacy. But he realised, to win any battle you must first know your enemy. Oi, oi, everyone, how are we doing? And thank you once again for stopping by to our podcast. On today's episode, the enemy at the gate is the world-renowned international agility judge, Neil Ellis. I'm good friends with Neil, and I enjoyed the chat we had very much, so I hope you do too. Before we start, a quick little shout-out to the website that I run, www.karmafitnesswales.co.uk. If you are thinking about taking that first step on your health and fitness journey, then I'd really appreciate it if you went to check it out. There's plenty on there for everyone. Whether you're in agility or you just want to work on your health and fitness, there'll be something there for you. And that's enough on that. I appreciate your patience. Let's get into the podcast. Okay, we are up and running. And today we have Neil Ellis. Do you want to say hello? Hello, guys. How you doing? How are you, Chris? All right? Good, mate. I'm good. So good to have you on. Thank you for giving us some of your time today. Thanks for having me. So we know that your name is Neil Ellis, but the question that I always start off with is who are you today? I am, well, I think I'm many things really, jack of all trades probably, an international national agility judge. Um, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a dog trainer. That's my, my full-time job now. Um, alongside traveling to, to judge uh, mainly internationally now. Um, I am a co-founder of a, a charity, uh, agility dedicated charity for agility with my, my best mate Ryan and um, I also run um, my own dog agility shows, um, Iconics agility shows. So yeah, probably jack of all trades really. Um, I've always ever wondered if I, <laughs> I could be master of, of one if I uh, <laughs> Let some more go, but a man with I, I, want, I want more to do too. Well, well, maybe, yeah. Yeah, good answer. Like you said, you've got many, many hats, and it depends what time of year it is, as to depend on <laughs> yeah, uh, which hat right. you're currently wearing. So, how long have you been Definitely. in agility, mate? How long have you been doing it? Well, I started in 2010, 2011. I, I ran, um, I ran a, a, a ladies' German is one year at Dogs in Need, um, and uh, yeah, my mum, bless her, was was keen for myself and my sister to get involved. So she, she, um, I'd like to to say politely asked anybody if anyone had any dogs that I could run while I was at the event with her. And as they say, the rest is is history. Um, yeah, so nearly coming on uh, seventeen years now, seventeen years, maybe more, eighteen years. Yeah, eighteen years now. So. I took a bit of time off when I went to university and I didn't have a dog to compete. So there's a little bit of time in the middle where I was less active, but always been around um, there or thereabouts. 
So for most people, I would say that currently you're more, more known for your judging. Um, at what point do you feel that your agility, should we say, journey took a turn where the judging became more prominent for you? Yes, good question, actually. I think I think I got very lucky. I think, um, you know, I was somebody that I started judging when I was when I was 15. And um, I think at the time I I, I did one one or two a year judging appointments at, at different events and then um, and as I said I went to university and I didn't have a dog to compete so I, I dedicated a bit more time to to still putting my keeping my sort of foot in the door I guess and and judging a little bit more and, and that's when I got my break in 2018 um, when judging at the, the Casey Festival and um, I was invited over to Luxembourg for a competition and um, I think, yeah, you just, you just, you, 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 I was in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, I, I, I dedicated a lot of my time to improving my course design and, and, you know, how some people love to listen to podcasts or, you know, as, as, as um, I'm more recently enjoying getting into them. And, and a lot of people like reading books when, before they go to bed or I, I, I love to stare at course plans. It's just, I get my fix from, from reading uh, sorry from 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 studying them and and you know learning about different people's styles and why they choose to do that and and it just fascinates me and so i i spent so much time you know dedicating myself to that and and i've been able to you know um be more and more heavily involved in that over the last sort of i'd say five or six years so you wouldn't say it was kind of like a conscious choice that you thought to myself i want to be a judge you've just kind of happened and then you kind of rolled with it and realized how much you enjoyed it Yes, yes, seriously. I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you that when I first started judging, I, I had huge aspirations. Um, maybe I didn't know, uh, uh, you know, I didn't really know. I always remember that I always liked to set harder stuff, or maybe I'd like to be somebody that tried to set stuff that hadn't been seen before. But, you know, I, I think maybe I didn't quite understand or realize that I was creating something a bit more adventurous or a bit, a bit different. And, um, but other people saw that and had appreciation for it. Um, uh, and, and then, it, you, as I said, I think it was that period when I was at uni, I thought I could probably probably be not too bad at this, uh, you know, course design malarkey. And, and um, yeah, it, it's just taken off, really. And it's something that to this day I do most days of some form of course design. And I'm just obsessed with it. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. When you got back, when you got into it kind of like more seriously then back in 2018, were there any judges who you were looking at and thinking, yeah, he's kind of someone who I'd like to emulate? Um, and then has that changed? Who are your favourite judges? And when I say judges, more talking about course design, whose courses do you really like at the moment? Yeah, I guess um, when I was, when I was, you know, I, took that first step into international course course you know, judging abroad um i'd already already looked at somebody like tamas um tamas Traj from hungary he's somebody who was oh, he's just been on the radar and he's he's probably for his age you know he's he's come up really quickly through the ranks and he took his chances at a young age judging the european and world championships and um his imagination and i think I think it's the way that he's able to to design course after course after course that is just of an exceptional standard of variety and speed and that balance that we look for in modern day course design. But he had it back then, you know. I truly believe him and um, him and Petr Pupik, someone who is again renowned worldwide for his course design. They are 
they are at the, the top of their game. Um, and they were people that I would love to just stare at their courses from. Um, and so, you know, now it's, it, now I, I feel like I found maybe my style um, and it, it's, it's a bit, you know, humbling that I was just at the weekend judging with with Petter and talking about course design, and um, you know, you 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 you're now inspired by your peers, uh, you know, as 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 they call you, and as as you as you aren't only just uh, acquaintances that are judging, you know, you're judging together, and you're 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 more than just two two different people that course design and uh, and showcase what sort of style you you, you have to offer. Yeah, it's cool that you can share ideas with them now, I guess, and kind of bounce your thoughts back and forth between them and help yourself progress as well as possibly helping them see things in a new way. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's a really, really cool, um, really, really cool group of people. It's a really great culture of learning, education, and and yeah, wanting to find out more about someone's style and 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 how they go about doing things. If you could go back to that time where you feel like you were getting more into your uh, design and getting more serious with it, uh, what do you feel is like the most valuable piece of advice you've ever received from a fellow judge, someone you've looked up to, or any other thing like that that has influenced your approach to your own course design? Oh, that's a good question, that, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think, oh, really, I think one thing that stuck with me throughout, the, you know, ever since I've I've been you know dedicating more time to it is be true to yourself and your style of course design and I think what I mean by that is it's it's um you know even not not that somebody's actively coming to tell you know you should try and do this with your design or your skills or your style but more just by from what you what you look at and and the course designs you you see online and and etc I think it's, it's be true to yourself be be you know back yourself so you know some people might claim that um or, or think that or because it's true is that i really love a, a thread or wrap <laughs> so in my courses uh, it's probably the bane of people's lives but you know it, for, to give that an example it's like i i know that now i not only if i feel like that's that's a, a key element in my courses and i really love to see but now I also want to push the boundaries of that a little bit, you know, within within the parameters of safety to, to you know, create more scenarios and 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 you know do something different with it. So I think if if it really is, it's been really not just from what someone has specifically said to me, but you know, the the conversations I've had with the people I've mentioned and uh, you know other other judges across Scandinavia and the world really that I've been lucky to, to chat with. This is it's run with your ideas. You know, run with your ideas, seek some advice about your ideas, um, but but back yourself in 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 a situation where you feel like you you've got something that really you feel illustrates where you feel course design should be or should be going, um, uh, and and um, and and be honest with yourself about that and 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 crack on with it. Yeah, constantly trying to progress your own design as well based on how you feel about it rather than basing it on other people's opinions I think is hard but also sure. worthwhile because you're going to be more invested in the long run than on you yeah and I think it's really good to to be to, to be challenged on these things like I think I think um I think that that's where I I, I seem to really, really enjoy the most is actually just talking about judging and not how would you mark this or what do you think about that situation, but, you know, what do you think about this course design? Like, how do you feel the dogs would see it? And, um, you know, different, two judges will see the same situation two different ways. Um, so it's not necessarily that you shouldn't back yourself to the point where you don't listen to others, but it's like, well, actually, 
no run run with that idea but get some advice and some support and you know am i doing this right or you know what how do you interpret this situation and it helps really form that bigger wider picture and structure of how you want to progress with your style so i would say like myself i think i've i was thinking about this the other day i think i've been in the sport maybe eight eight or nine years and even in that time it's changed dramatically um, I think you'd agree as well with regards sure. to the fact like oh, recently, you know, agility is changing rapidly and for the most part, I think for the good. Um, so for yourself then, how you see it, where do you see the future of agility going and how will it change with regards to the impact on the handlers, the judges, the dogs? Um, what's nexus for agility? Yeah, I think I think it's it, um, in and amongst I think course design in general, and it is is probably the biggest buzzword at the moment, um, or buzzwords at the moment, um, uh, alongside you know where do we think it's going to go from here? And I think uh, I think we're in a really really unique situation. I think we're in a very lucky situation, in which we have a large pool of people that actually know a lot about course design, and um, you know we're we're backed a lot now by science and and research globally about. Um, the, the impact of agility on our dogs and we know it's always a risk but it's always good to listen to that advice and what the research and what people are saying that are you know experts in their fields and um you know i think i think we we're going to see a, a an interesting period in agility where i think uh, there's, there's there's a lot more people as i said that are largely more educated or or at least to have awareness of what's going on around the world and and are, are wanting to be influenced by that um and I don't think, uh, not because they just want to try something new or be different, but as I said, because they are aware of of what's best for our dogs. So I think agility is is in a um, a bit of a uh, a a a fork in the road, let's say. Yeah, I think transition is a better word for it. I think, yeah, I think I think we need to we need to not forget about the grassroots and, and the, 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 the large population of agility that are at the grassroots level that will go to your, um, you know, we go to, you know, your standard events and, uh, and et cetera. But I, I do also believe that there are, there is, there is scope to accommodate this, this new way of new way of thinking and the research about the what's best for our dogs in terms of course design. And we can still accommodate that within these, um, within the larger scale project of of improving agility for the future, so I think I think there's collaboration potential there between you know sometimes what what people are happy just to do maybe on a on a weekend by weekend basis, uh, you know not their full time job, um, but I also feel yeah with that I also feel as though that they they can work alongside those people that do this for their job and dedicate their life to this and. Um, I think that's going to be the next sort of 18 months, two years is trying to figure out um, a, a happy medium for everybody, which I know is not going to be easy, but we, we do need to start seeing changes that, that, that benefit um, our dogs at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. So what would be the one rule that you would change currently? And maybe then we... No, yeah. What what would be the one rule you would change? You can think of it from both, because I know the rules are slightly different depending who you're running under, right? So you can just tell me a rule that you would change in either both, all, or one, whatever. My feeling is is that we should be looking at the distances between obstacles more, more specifically in this country. And what I mean by that is we have a we have a five to ten meters on a on a centre to centre. Um, 
but that still leaves us to situations where um, we can have shorter distance of five meters um, and 10 meters. We can have larger distances onto, you know, such things as or on big sprint lines or onto A-frame contact, you know, the, the big, the big, uh, they're the, the main example. So I feel as though we should be a little bit more um, concentrated. I think we need to increase that five meters to six or even seven, in my opinion, uh, at least six. And we need to reduce that maximum distance down. And I think the reason for that is that I think um, uh, the more I look at courses and one of the big buzz, the, the things I look for in, in course design is, um, is having a, a balance and a flow around the courses. And what we're doing is we're allowing for five meter gaps up to 10 meter gaps, then maybe back down to seven, then up to nine again. Whereas I think there should be a little bit more consistency in what our dogs are expecting to see in terms of distances. So, yeah, I think that for me would, would, would without doing much in terms of a rule change and significant rule change, I think that would be enough to really contribute to or benefit our dogs dog's welfare in my opinion uh, but also help with with what they can expect to see more regularly in every single course they run cool i like that um you've obviously been judging a fair bit this summer now and your courses are always challenging always fun to run um that's just my own opinion people Thanks. think what they like um <laughs> who do you enjoy watching as a judge, who do you enjoy judging on your courses? Are there people who in particular you see them step up and you think, yeah, let's have a look, let's see what you can do? Good question. I think I think any final is, is always really, really fun because typically a final is either there are people that have been on form during the couple of days before they've qualified for the final or for a championship class. It means that um, they would, they, they're on form on that day specifically. So I wouldn't say, necessarily there's like a, a name or a certain names that you can you can um you can highlight but i think when you do championships of this competition in this country um finals in this country i think maybe uh, the ones that we do get to see um but abroad when you have the larger scale competitions with um with with uh, i would say generally a, a higher standard in the bigger pool of dogs they they have at these these specific events you know if a dog's hitting good form and and qualifying on day one on the first run you know that typically they the for the weekend they're, they're going to be looking good and i think for me you know let's just take poland where i did the border Collie classic final with with daniel volts and like the the strength and depth just gives you that buzz that adrenaline hit every single dog and that fires me up as well to to be the best possible judge i can be on on the other side of the fence you know making sure that i give my all to judging as they do for competing so yeah not a specific group of people but like all names but if if you've hit a final you're doing something right and therefore it's going to be exciting to watch and i think the crowd feeds into that as well um so for sure finals are the are the, the the big highlight for me Cool. I think that's a fair answer as well. You're not upsetting anyone with that answer. So good. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, you just mentioned the learning is diplomatic. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be a good, uh, you'd be yeah. a good politician. Um, you've just <laughs> done the border collie classic, obviously in the future. Firstly, congratulations. You've got the EOs next year. Well done. Clap, 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 thank clap, you very clap. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Up to this point. Um, what has been your favorite competition to judge? And then why as well? Tell me why. Mm, good question. Um, I remember back in Germany in 20, 
2019 so it's the bavarian agility challenge yeah cruise but it's, it's short short into back so it's in germany it's in a massive indoor um sand sand arena like equine arena there's 900 dogs there over three rings the organization's amazing but that was my first time that amongst a list of you know recognized international judges like you know heavyweights of the judging world um i was asked to do the the, the final on the saturday night um and don't get me wrong, finals are finals and they're really, really fun. But this one of us was was unique in that, you know, the lights, I had all the other lights in the arena was down. The lights only for that. The final ring was was there. The the um, the the spectators were on the raised seats just to, like right behind you, breathing down your neck. Um, there was music playing every every part. Of the course was good. Thank God. So, you know, there was, <laughs> um, it, you know, the, the, every single bit just sort of clicked into place and it just made for a, such an exciting final you know I had to judge 100 dogs and I could have kept going and going and going because just it you know it, the buzz it gave you was was unreal so I think that one sticks in my mind um mainly for the fact that it was it was it was you know one of my first big events and you know whether you like it or not you're you're under you're under the spotlight and and you know you you can make or break um you know your reputation with with a final like that and how it ran and um, I think, thankfully, I'm I'm still sticking around. So I think I did I didn't do too badly. Yeah, you passed the test. Um, I always think that, like, <laughs> you know everyone loves like um, and like I'm talking just champ finals in UK. Everyone loves the atmosphere around a champ final. I think you could make that so much better if you made people have entry music, like you know, as if everybody had their own walk on. Yeah. How good would that be? One hundred percent. Yeah, there is. There are countries that you can do that. So there's some like events where the processing allows you to pick a song. So when you when your name comes up, or when they, your name is triggered as the next one on the line, it starts playing a song. Yeah, it's so, so easy. So it's possible. To do, like the text yeah. there is, uh, it's so cool. I mean, I want to do. I try to do it with my judges that judge at Iconics, but all of them are too embarrassed. So maybe people <laughs> just wouldn't want to hear their favourite song when they walk onto the start line. What song would you have? They don't want to give the crowd a wave. Oh. Well, it's it's iconic song as well, but Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Thunder I guess by Gary Ponty. Yeah, it's just a banger. Just builds and builds and then just it just drops. Yeah, that it's is a like the iconic a song at this point. What, it is, yeah. What would be yours? Um, if I'd have to make it like people friendly, because I'd probably go something that people wouldn't perhaps appreciate. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> Freestylers by Bomb Funk MC. Oh, that's a great shout. It's yeah. A classic that's a great or shout. Hot Stepper by Eni Kamosi. Oh yeah, I know that too. Banger. Show him my age, but they choices. are classics, aren't they? Come on. Ah, oh, great choice. <laughs> so great for, choice. let's talk about judging, but let's also talk about agility then, because um mm. obviously you've got a dog that you're competing with, very talented, hero. He's a run by. Do you want to say a little bit about him? Dave or Dan will be happy. Oh yeah. Oh, they'll be oh god, poor poor dave head i think i think through when nara's saying that uh, was mentioned dave his head got bigger so it's, it's going to explode now when i talk about his, his hero <laughs> um yes yeah, so a hero hero is my three and a bit year old port collie from run by so dave and dan's um dave and dan's uh run by litter um yeah so you know it's, it's sort of easy for me to forget as well that he's only my second dog and he's my first border collie so a big step up from a, a, a sprocker spaniel chester that i could just run around the ring with and scream his name and and got away with it um yeah hero is just incredibly special um and the whole litter are they are an incredible litter they've come from scarlet who is just a beautiful mother and um 
and um, Jalko Gora's um, hash in Croatia. Um, so yeah, he's he's um, he he just has this desire to 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 work that I you know I'm call me biased, but I've just I, I just it's infectious. It's infectious, and I think um, it has its it has its downsides. He doesn't he doesn't mind he doesn't mind getting something wrong because all he cares about is doing it. Um, and um, it's it's a big steep learning curve for me in in um, how to you know deal with a dog that's arousal levels are super high um, and everything that comes with that and, and building that reward structure into into you know or identifying what reward structure is best for a dog like that in order to get some. Um, get more successful outcomes during our training sessions but yeah um, you know Dave we know you know we know Dave and Dan absolutely love their dogs and uh, you know I, I still actually remember just doing some tidying up at the house um, uh, you know um, I was looking through the little file I got of Hero when I first picked him up and it was just like remember these are these are your dogs but there are puppies I think it was like at the end of the day they're always there they're going to be theirs you know and they, they truly love them and you can see that from 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 when when you take them when when they see their puppies they they love them as much as um as as the puppies love them um and since hero's become a, a sire um side of litter and dave's had one of the puppies it's actually really weird to be on the other side of that as well yeah yeah where j- j- regardless of what they do in the in the agility circuit they are just dogs to die for and you just love them to pieces so that is your agility side of things then. And we've looked at your judging side of things, but then let's have a look at some goals. What are we thinking with regards to Hero? Have you got some any immediate goals or are you just waiting to see how it goes? And then same for judging as well. I know that recently you've kind of, I don't want to say achieved your goals because I know you might have more goals, but you know, becoming named the judge of the EOs, that's a big thing. And as I said, massive congratulations on that. But Thanks. talk to me a little bit about your future goals for both judging and as a competitor yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be lying if I if I said I, I wasn't in agility um, to win. Um, you know, I I I got the hunger for that when I was a kid running Chester, and I was you know quite successful with him. And um, so I, I'm I'm in agility to win, and and I I would like to think that there's a time when when I could be on the international stage competing with Hero. I think he's capable of that, um, but um, it's going to take some time, and 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 I, I'm aware of that, and I think. Um, I think it's really easy to get drawn into these conversations where, yeah, you know, I want my dog to come out, get to grade seven in its first year, and then just focus solely and straight on, um, on international. And for some people, that's, you know, the dogs are, are bred; they're just bred that they to to deal with, you know, um, to deal with that not not pressure, but the the situation of getting through the grades. They are just coming out with, and they're, they're bred so well, and they are able to cope with the, the the needs and demands of our strict grading system to get up the grades but hero is definitely not one of those dogs so um you know I, i've i've sort of made a, a decision to prioritize the the judging because of judging next year at eos in in this country so you know I'm, i've taken a back foot in terms of my goals with hero so i'm looking at 2025 now to him to be trying out for for the for the eo team for for team gb um it's not exactly and, and, I, and therefore anyway. you know no, it's, it's, and this is it you know we, we I refer back to that point i said you know he's only going to be five at that point and um uh, and uh, you know uh, 
that he's he's a dog that's going to be you know can compete at that level. Well, even just look at like Nara and look at Fame. You know, Nara Cuddy and Dave Munnings Fame and and Lemon Lemons. What I think eight or nine this year. I think and just look how good good she was this year in terms of her time she was producing. So, you know, I think it's easy to forget that. But yeah, there my my goals with Hero is. Um, you know, to to be on the European, I've got a hunger for that after doing it with with Chester, and I want to be back there. Um, but as I said, he's a, he's he's not. It's, it's you know, with a colleague particularly for me, it's it's not that straightforward, and uh, I'm learning all the time what's what's going to hopefully make that make that um, make that happen. So yeah, that's that's from my competing goals. Um, I suppose I'll, I'll, I'm going to be looking to get another dog in the next couple of years anyway. But for judging, it's really it's a really good question. I think um, over the last sort of four or five years, really since I've 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 been taking more notice of of these big international events and how people regard them. I think you know if you had to tell me about like Border Collie Classic, that was um that's like the, you know it's known as the European Championships for Border Collie, so that was one on my bucket list. Um, I knew a bit about back this big event I judged, and that that was a bucket list event. Um, and there's a few other events that are quite, you know, they're not necessarily new; that they've been around for a few years, but they are they've got a good reputation for their organisation and the standard dogs they draw. And um, you know, um, and like let's take for example, Norwegian Open is a big event that um, actually Yanni Galida, who was the AWC judge from last year, he 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 runs that event, and he. Um, he brings all the, in his in his opinion, all the the current big names um, in judging over the last eight eighteen months or in the next twelve months going forward. That was a big that was a big step for me to be included in that sort of lineup. That for me was, you know, everybody loves a bit of validation that they're doing something right. And for me, that was that moment where I thought, okay, uh, he must he he and other people must think something of me to to invite me to to Norway. So. Um, yeah, Border Collie Classic was a big bucket list one. Uh, there's a few other events. Um, there's a big competition in in um, South America, which is like um, a, a number of different events, uh, a number of different countries that represent love with representation, and 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 there's a big there's a big cup that happens in in Brazil or Chile, um, that sort of area. So that's one to to try and push for in the future. And I say push for, keep doing what I'm doing. It's not something that I go out of my way to ask to judge, mm-hmm. but you always want to try and keep your keep your name on the on the map um uh next year i'm doing the nordic championship so again quite a popular competition in in the scandinavian countries where you know they have teams that 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 compete against one another so um so yeah that's another bucket list sort of goal so there's a few things that you know i'd love to be involved in and that i make a priority to move my schedule around if i was ever invited and i think long term um it's it's of course going to be the world championships um that's the pinnacle um and it's not easy to do as well, which I think it makes it that more, you know, desirable. Um, not many judges get to ever judge it. And when you do judge it, apart from some situations recently, you never get to judge it more than once. Um, so that's that's the that's the long term goal. And hopefully, um, hopefully one year, maybe when I'm I'm old, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> So then kind of moving on now to the more real life rather, you know, it'll still be agility related, but what do you think people Mm. misunderstand about you the most? Wow. That is a, that's a, that's a question, isn't it? Great effort with that one. Um, Yeah, I think, I think probably misunderstood is, is, is an interesting one. I think, um, I think I've opened, talked quite publicly about, um, 
my struggles with anxiety and um and my ADHD more recently um it's undiagnosed but you know I I'll, I'll be honest and, and open and say that you know I I have counseling for it and I think I think that that means my personality and how I approach situations and my emotion my how how passionate I am I think I think it's probably the, the word people use about me the most I think that can be misunderstood for maybe some cockiness or um or you know a, a desire to do what I want at the expense of 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 whatever else because I I want to do it and therefore I want to put my name out there and I think um I think that used to bother me um but more recently I I feel as though the people I I want to know or the, the people that um uh that that know me and are my friends and people that are interested and like to ask questions and talk to me I think I think they 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 understand that I have the I have everyone's best interests at heart um, and I, I, some things I feel strongly about and I feel strongly about it because I know it's what's best for, in my opinion, you know, people will still disagree what's best for agility. And, um, and, and, um, I, I really put a lot of time and effort, you know, at the expense of my own personal life and the time I can spend here at home to making sure that others can have the best experience possible. Um, you know, I think it's, I think one thing which, um, I, I, I never want to tell people, oh, I've done this and all oh, I've done that. But, you know, I, I mentioned at the start about setting up a charity um, for agility, dedicated to agility. And I think, well, there is no other charity ever that's existed that's dedicated just purely for for agility. And we did that off the back of, you know, Ryan Hennessy's uh, mother tragically passing away. And, um, in, you know, in my mind, it was it was, it was a no brainer that we 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 celebrate someone's life and try and help others and you know maybe people don't know but I'm a I'm a I'm a trained nurse as well so all my life I've I think about caring for others and and looking out for others so yeah I think maybe my passion's a bit understood as cockiness um you know maybe maybe they I, I don't know uh, what <laughs> no, I, I mean I know, this is one I think... of those things that I think is a good question because it tells you more about how the person is thinking because yeah maybe people don't misunderstand that about you but equally that's how you feel and that makes it valid um the next question I was going to ask you've kind of already answered I would guess because I was going to ask what are you most proud of you know I, I think I think um you know I have to um just touching on the ADHD a little bit, you know, that is my superpower. Without it, I don't think I would be able to be doing the stuff I've, I, I'm doing today. So I think you ever told me that I could set up my own events business and run agility shows that have become quite popular and, you know, in, in a you know, relatively short period of two or three years time, I, 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 I seriously, um, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, so I'm really, really proud of, I'm really, really proud of that, and I'm really, really proud of what Ellen, my wife, and I have, have achieved um, with that. Um, and I think that that comes down to trying to learn and understand what people have been asking for, I guess, in, in agility, and, uh, and whether they knew they needed it or not. We've had a lot of feedback that it's what they've wanted and what they've enjoyed. So I think definitely, I think I'm I'm super proud that I've I've, I've started a business of hosting events, and they've become quite successful. Um, but um. I, th I think I'm also um, most proud that I, I've, I think it's very hard for people. I'm very lucky in the situation I'm in that I can make a living out of something I love. So it doesn't really make it like a job. Yeah, um, you know, 
don't get don't get me wrong running shows isn't isn't that easy but if it, and there's times at the event when there's a, a million things going on where you think okay i feel a bit overwhelmed but there is not a day leading up to those events that i i am like oh my god i don't want to do this or i need to get out of this i i live for the thrill of it yeah um and i'm very lucky for that and i and i do appreciate that um uh, a, a lot and i do i do realize how lucky i am to have people that that back me with that idea uh, including ellen um who without it without i you know she's she's the yin to my yang she's the sense check to my spontaneous ideas um and um yeah i, I would say that's probably in the big grand scheme of, of my life it's it's been able to to produce something like iconics and and see how well it's it's doing cool yeah i like that going the other side of things then what do you feel has been your biggest failure? But then, more importantly, what have you learned from it? Um, my biggest failure is saying yes too much. Yeah. Um, so, I um, I like to please people. I like to um, I like to uh, um, help everybody out I, I, I would love to help everybody out with every one of their problems or advice or um and so i i don't like to say no and let people down um but um particularly you know when we're talking about that that work-life balance the fact that i don't need to go into a structured nine-to-five job i'm a bit I'm a bit fluid with how i did it you know how i how i um fix my time amongst the many things I do um it, it's a blessing uh, in some r r r sense but it can also be a little bit of um um a little bit of a it can be problematic when when you say yes to many things so um I think that my biggest regret is don't get me wrong I've enjoyed the things I've done when I've said yes and if that means having to to fit in an extra weekend of judging or you know even more recently jump from one event to the other or go teaching straight from the, off the back of a, a show or, or or whatever you know these really when i on when i reflect on it it's quite exhausting and and i it's not just me i have to worry about you know that <laughs> it takes its toll on 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 everybody else you know that is either part of that event that i've said yes to or that i need the help running so it's really made me take a step back made me feel um maybe um be aware of more of the implications of of you know um the, the wider picture i can be a little bit tunnel vision sometimes so it's really um it's really taught me just to you know open up my eyes a little bit and be less blinkered sometimes and and and, and really think is it is, is this worth it for me and and everyone else kind of have to be a little bit selfish sometimes even if it's not something that's natural to you because otherwise it'll affect you in a way that perhaps you didn't see 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. Tell me then a strange fact or habit about you that maybe not many people know. Have you got any you can think of? Um, strange habit. Oh my word! I'll tell you what. If you if we asked Ellen, my wife, she could tell me multiple <laughs> strange habits or weird facts. <laughs> Nothing that just pops um, up in the top of your head, though. I'm a bit. I say. I say I'm a bit superstitious. Maybe about generally actually preparation for running. Really. I've always, when I was a kid, I never, I had to have the same, I had to have a specific pair of shoes or a toy. But even now, these days, I think if I haven't got a specific toy or there's something on my list, even if I don't use everything on the list, if it's on my list and I don't take it, 
oh, that's, that's trouble. <laughs> yes. You need to feel comfortable that everything has been brought with you. Are you, how superstitious are you? Are you down to the, like, I got to lace my left shoe up first or are you not quite that bad? No, no not that bad. It's not, not too bad, bad then. Thank God. I do love watching documentaries. They've got to be quite interesting. They've got to be sport-based, but I was watching one about um, uh, the, the, um, All or Nothing, the ones that on Amazon Prime series, yeah. you know, All or Nothing and the American football. And I think one guy said, having a superstition is like having an excuse. He was asked by one of his coaches and someone and he flat out just just like shut it down and said, well, having a superstition is having an excuse. So I don't have any superstitions. It's called magic thinking or thinking that something ha that has no effect on you has an effect. Um, so it's quite interesting mm. because lots of people have it, yeah. myself included. I mean, you know, even though I'm, I'm well aware, like you said, that it doesn't really have an effect. It's more like a habit, more like a routine. It's part of my routine getting me ready and then at that point is it a superstition anymore i don't know yeah it's interesting isn't it is it, is it just become part of your routine like rafael nadal when he you know moves his his water bottles so they're all in line and everything's on the line and even how he takes his steps on and off the court and how he his serve routine you yeah. know at what point if you don't do that is it is it is it what, what at what point does it become just part of your routine to prepare yourself and what part of it is a superstition and i think that's really important um my, my personal view on that is that like so i I've been I actually I've been speaking to a sports psychologist more recently about this um mainly because of my um I get very distracted and and often are just are drawn in and and consumed by the things that I show rather than focus on hero and what's going on in my run and being that you know being that selfish self you know we've yeah. spoken about and I think it's it's really interesting that she's um she's 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 telling me to um you know it, like try and f build routines so it's not superstition, but it's routine. So, okay, do this, then do that. And routines with your course walking that it doesn't matter if you don't do it, but actually use your strengths of my visualization to, to the advantage. So yeah, it's really fascinating. I think, um, I think a lot more, uh, there's more people I think that are doing or speaking to people that could probably give them some advice and structure on how they should prepare themselves. Um, some people obviously hate to have it come quite naturally, but others, I think, like myself, have benefited quite greatly from it. I mean, regardless of how good you are at training, how good you are as a handler, how good your dog is naturally from the breeding, if you cannot put it together on the day because you mentally haven't got the skills to hold it together or to execute, then it doesn't matter how good you are at the other stuff because ultimately most people, 100%. we do it for competition. So you need to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're missing a trick. So we're going to go into our quick fire round now. You don't need to spend too much time on these. Doesn't take much thought, hopefully. Um, <laughs> what did you yeah. have for breakfast? Jam on toast. Nice. Last thing you googled? Uh, noon electrolyte tablets. Yeah, true, true. I could have said if you were lying about <laughs> that as well. When did you last sing and what song <laughs> yeah. was it? Um, it would have to be a Taylor Swift song, and it was downstairs this morning. No, it wasn't. Connor Price, my favourite new artist. It was in the car. It's called Violet. Ba absolutely banging song. What what type of music is that? He's he's a rapper. He's a Canadian rapper, um, and uh, he but he he does actually quite a lot of variety of stuff. But Violet in particular is a is an absolute banger. I recommend. I think you'd like him actually. Uh, but he does a lot of different. He does a lot of variety. Yeah, he's really good. Do you play any instruments? No. 
Do you believe in ghosts? No. Any tattoos? No. I I thought you had some. I'm surprised at that one. No, I feel like I'm boring now. I've given no no to the last few questions. I'm a bit boring. <laughs> no, I don't if, have any tattoos. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, to heal people of their ailments. Well, that's a good one. You'd be useful. I would be very useful, wouldn't I? Probably, it doesn't help with saying no to people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have no time for yourself. before we go then this is my favorite question and it's the one i always leave to last i've just asked you what your superpower is well in this situation i've got a superpower and my superpower is that i am able to let you have a conversation with your dog and he will he will understand you now you can only have it for 10 to 20 seconds so in those 10 to 20 seconds what would you tell him I knew the answer to this before you even finished it. I would literally tell Hero Ellis that regardless of how crazy he is and how much he loves agility, as long as he keeps being the soft soul of a dog that will always give me his horn ears and jump up at me for a cuddle, then I don't care how crazy he is when he does agility because I love him for that more than anything else. And I think when they hear that, that would be enough for them as well. We've had a few people say something similar, and I think that's the right thing to say. Don't panic. We'll still love you. Um, Before we go then, firstly, like I say, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. I really appreciate it. But is there anything that you'd like to tell people to look out for? Anything you want to plug? Well... I mean, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's always good to chat. And I, I love that guys like you are doing more stuff like this. Cause I think it's really, really good and, and, and exciting to, to hear other people's point of view. So thank you for your time uh, to, to do these. Um, well, I think I think people know uh, know enough about Iconics now and, and how I'm a bit biased. But I think it's I think they're really exciting series of shows. Um, so, you know, head over to Iconics Agility Shows on, on Facebook and take a look and and hopefully we'll see you at an event in the future if you've not already been at one but also watch this space there's 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 more coming there's something coming nexus can't say no no comment you've said about iconics now and um, what about your course design i know you offer course design for people do you want to tell them about that tell them how they can get hold of you maybe uh, yeah, so I it pretty it's pretty easy. Um, I've got a, I've got a page on Facebook, Neil Ellis Agility. So it's where I I post all my all from all every single judging uh, appointment I have. Um, they will be posted on there, uh, but also there's information on there about how you can request a course design service for personal training use if you're having a, a course running evening with friends. Um, and internationally, it's used quite a lot for for events they run abroad. So, if you want to uh, do it for any organisation uh, rules, or do it in any any bespoke space with any any equipment, if you want um if you want a course designed um yeah, hit me up. It's a Google Drive form and uh, Google Docs form, and um you'll be in touch. Love it. Well, thank you again. Uh, if you want to say goodbye to everyone, so that guys. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, guys, and we will see you in the next one. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. I really hope you enjoyed. If you think you might know someone else who would enjoy, feel free to pass on all the information and share the podcast with them. And get involved on any of the social media platforms. It really helps the podcast grow and I really appreciate it. See you in the next one.